Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C., and today my very special guest is loudmouth Julie Lynn. Now, I call her a loudmouth because she told me to. Also, I'm a loudmouth, so we're both loudmouths. She's interesting because I went to school with her, I went to high school with her, and I ne- we never knew each other. But we're friends now on Facebook, and it's a funny story to tell. I love her politics. I love her humor. So before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash start me up and don't forget you can find start me up on itunes stitcher and wherever podcasts are found now please enjoy my conversation with julie lynn welcome to the show loudmouth julie (laughs) (laughs) thank you and it's nice to know my reputation precedes me (laughs) well you're just so funny because i know you told me to call you a loudmouth so but i'm a loudmouth and i actually always say i'm a big mouth so um, well, you know, it's it's kind of six and one, half a dozen of the other. You know, totally. we're, all, we're all here, we're making noise, and that's what counts. <laughs> all right, so I teased everybody in the intro. I got to explain. You and I went to the same high school, but yeah. we didn't know each other. And yeah. I met you through a mutual friend. It's funny, because Leanne, who is our mutual friend, I mm-hmm. knew of her, but I didn't hang out with her. And... Um, I didn't either, actually. Um, I know we had classes together and stuff, and we may have been acquaintances, but, uh, you know, we weren't buddies who who hung out. And uh, one of my few regrets about high school is, you know, that I didn't know people like you and Leanne back then. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I'll I'll explain some my story. I didn't I knew of Leanne and I remember always thinking she was so pretty. I just oh, thought God, she's she, so she fucking pretty. Oh my god, she's so pretty. And she's just so sweet and it's funny because again, like yeah, I didn't know her and on Facebook, I don't remember when I became friends with her, but it was probably early on, maybe 2010 or something like that. And I just thought, what a lovely person. I, I've just I've just grown to love her. And I mean love in the way like I love humans. I love her. I think she's a good, decent human and I totally agree. Yeah, I just wish I knew the her. The sweetest, the kindest, the yes. nicest. And I hope we get to meet in person again someday because uh, I would love to. Hang that would out be with her so day. much fun. Um, yeah. Okay, so the, here's the crazy part. So, like, Leanne suggests that you and I be friends. So I become friends with you, and like, oh yeah, Julie's fucking hilarious. You're totally funny, and you've got this whacked out sense of humor that I absolutely love. And then I'm friends with this other guy named Fred, who I met Fred in Hollywood. I used to work at um, the Glendale. Broadway and I met this woman named Mary and Mary and I became really good friends and Mary married Fred and you know Fred and it's like oh my god you know it's just like small circles everywhere and they all end up connected and then you were on Muller she wrote yeah yes a few years ago okay so I need to hear a little bit about how that happened um, I got to be friends with Allison on Facebook and uh, just loved her show from the get-go. And uh, I had occasion to be in San Diego one time for a work event. 
and she asked if I would want to be on. And I said, are you kidding? Of course, <laughs> uh, just like I did for you. And uh, it was a great time and um, really fun experience. And uh, I've been longing for something similar ever since. Yay. And here we are. And here we are. And it's so funny because today just happens to be our prom anniversary. <laughs> oh, isn't that just precious? So you didn't go. No, I didn't. So this is just an anniversary of another day of me sitting at home. <laughs> well, I I couldn't get a, I couldn't get anyone to go. Oh God, there was a guy. I wish I could remember his last name, but it was this guy named Kelly, and he had brown curly hair. Do you remember Kelly him? Wand? Probably, and yes. he was not my like type at all, and uh-huh. I couldn't find anybody to get to go to prom with i got the dress once i got the dress i'm like i'm fucking going because i i'm gonna, i gotta wear this fucking <laughs> you gotta dress show this thing off. <laughs> yeah and so i don't know kelly was complaining that he couldn't get a date and i was like oh that's great then we can go together and i didn't give a shit i didn't like yeah. him but he, and then all of a sudden he remembered he had a date i'm like oh no you didn't How really you forget you have a date <laughs> he just didn't want to go with me he didn't want to go with me because i think that i was like and that's what i want i want to ask you this question in a minute it's going to be uh, to see what well i won't say anything but he didn't <laughs> like me and i was like i looked like i was 26 years old and i remember it was you so were, f- you were the most beautiful <laughs> oh. thing <laughs> but you know but in in high school I looked like a woman, and I, I scared the shit. Do you remember Larry Stone? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> well, he turned. He called me Big Mama, and he was he was always calling me names. And then, like nice. later, I found out that he liked me. So it was like well, of that course, because typical. Why else do they abuse you <laughs> exactly. except when they like you? <laughs> I just anyway. So I like my high school experience at at, at the school that we went to. It was funny because I, was, I had gone to West High in 10th grade, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was like this crazy-ass popularity contest. Everybody had a costume. Everybody, like, I never saw anything like this in my life. I've never mm-hmm. been to a school that was so, it was all about popularity. It was all about the clothes you wore, the haircut you had, and all of And oh, I, yeah, I'm, totally. yeah it was, but it was worse than any other school. My best friend at the time happened to be in with that crowd, so I was on the periphery. I was never, like, one of the popular people, but I got to hang with the popular people. And um, as a result, I didn't give a shit about school, and Mm -hmm. I just partied and had fun and failed three classes. So, um, <laughs> and see, I, I went about it all wrong. I was, I was way too serious. So. No, because you're smart, and I'm sure you went to college and got your degree and did, you know, which I did go to college, but I then went to acting school. So, I got there that's a eventually. Whole new... <laughs> it took a really long time, but you know, I powered through it, and and uh, you know, now I do absolutely nothing to do with what I got my degree in. So. That's, that's usually how it goes, and it yeah, is. so when I, when I started South High. I was coming, I was punished, and my mother was like, okay, you can't basically leave the house until the next report card, and you've got to get A's and B's, so that's pretty much what happened, and then I, I just realized how stupid it was to give a shit about popularity, and mm-hmm. when I was at South High, I met this group of girls, it was Joni and Lori and Rita, and we pretty much didn't hang out at school, we either hung out at my apartment, which, which was the the apartment the willow tree apartments that were really like literally right next to yeah the right down the road from school yes and so we would go there or at lunch we'd go to the beach 
and we would hang out with you know construction workers and I didn't hang out with school people anymore so I, I didn't really I didn't give a shit about being popular so I just didn't care and I mm-hmm. always wondered because here I was six foot tall and I looked like I was 26 years old and mm-hmm. um, as I said I didn't do so well in my 10th grade and so when I started uh, I remember, I think it was, I, math was always terrible, and I, I just fucking never paid attention. I always struggled yeah. with math, except when I was punished, then I got good grades, because of course I buckled down and I did what I was supposed to do. But I remember, I think I was in my high school year, and I started in a lower class. I can't remember if it was a ninth or 10th grade class, so humiliating. And they literally thought I was the teacher, and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> It was so humiliating. So that's hilarious. My question to you, and I don't, I really honestly, in fact, I'm kind of hoping uh, for negativity, but I, I, <laughs> oh, I got tons of that. <laughs> well, just about me, because it's like, I don't know what my classmates thought of me. And I can only imagine because when I went to South High, I, again, I looked like a woman, and some days I kind of dressed you punk rock. You look like rock. a pump, feel like a sneaker, you know? <laughs> exactly. But some days, like in the 11th grade, I would, I would look like I was a punk rocker, kind of like yeah. a quasi-punk rocker. And then that would be like on Tuesday. But on Fridays, I was always, always putting my beachy outfit on. And then occasionally I'd wear my mom's work clothes. And so it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Just to emphasize the whole uh, like math teacher uh, persona. Yes. So as somebody who just, you know, you were aware of me, even though you didn't know me, yeah. what did I, what did you think of me? I'm so curious. Oh, gosh. I felt kind of on the periphery of everyone. Mm -hmm. I really felt like the freak who didn't fit in anywhere. Um, So it it seemed like everyone to me was, you know, in their own little circle Mm -hmm. or just in some rarefied uh, existence that I could never even get near. So I I felt like the alien most of the time. So I don't know. I mean, there's a whole group of, especially the girls, you know, Mm -hmm. that had their cliques and whatnot. Yes. Um, that I just felt like partially observing from the outside, like mm-hmm. some kind of freakish scientist, uh, partially <laughs> envious because of the, the ease with which they seem to get along together wow, and, and just do stuff and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, other than thinking that you were like model beautiful, <laughs> I don't remember thinking I'm nothing negative at all. <laughs> and which actually kind of surprises me. And the reason I'll say that, and I know you weren't in these clicky groups, but I don't know if you remember, there was this one crazy night, and I swear to God, I'll shut up after this, but I just have <laughs> to share because I want to get your opinion on stuff. Yeah. But um, there was a pajama dance, and my girlfriend and I went. But we wore like sexy lingerie instead of wearing cutesy pajamas. And um... how could they not know that somebody would do that? I mean, you're just asking for it. Yeah. Oh, I sleep on the nude. Okay. And we were. Oh my God. So I went with Lori. I don't know if you remember Lori, but um, she was she was my best friend at the time, and so we went and. I think this was the same night and we were there and we were getting all, everybody was giving us dirty looks and they were calling us sluts and everything. And we were just laughing. We just thought mm-hmm. it was funny and we thought we weren't slutty enough. And somehow we wound up, we wound up in this woman, her name is Teresa and I don't remember her last name either. And her brat, she had a brat, that car, remember those weird cars? So it was yes. Teresa yes. and some other girl and me and Lori and then 
we had these guys with us. I don't know how the guys factored in. We went to a, um, a liquor store. And here, you know, Lori and I are dressed up like sluts in our lingerie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the guys go into the liquor store and we're in the brat. And I was in the back of the brat. And the guys come running out of the liquor store and they're like, Go! They get in the car oh and the fucking guy from the liquor store has a gun and he's shooting at us. And what I the so fuck? I guess what happened and this is in fucking Torrance. So um yeah. I guess what happened was there were some other people, some other guys in the store when our guys went in who were robbing it, and they were like, Oh, that's a good idea. We're gonna rob it too. So that's what and I like we were literally like <laughs> ducking bullets in the back of this brat. Oh my god. <laughs> My well, childhood was weird. It's already being robbed. I mean, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, okay. I'll shut up with my stories now, but I just had to share because I, you, I never like... want you to shut up with your stories. <laughs> These are fantastic. I don't have anything like this to offer. Well, you know, I went to uh, my whole life, I moved around a lot. I lived in Torrance for a total of four years. I thought fucking Torrance. At that time in my life, coming from Hollywood, where literally down the street was the 7-Eleven where all the hookers and the, uh, the Johns hung out and would like hit on me and my girlfriend who were 14. Yeah, it seemed like, 26. Yeah, <laughs> looking 26, but I was only 14. But Torrance was just this oasis. It was a beach town and it was safe and there was no graffiti and it just, it seemed yeah. like, you know, all, all the parties and the, the kids and the fashions at that time, it was like the mid 80s. And so yep. I was only there for four years. I talked to Amanda Wiss, who's an actress, and she, I think she either grew up in Redondo or Hermosa, I don't remember, but she described it as like living in a Beach Boy song. And so I just I thought, God, that was fucking perfect. But now, yeah. did, did you grow up there? Yes, I was born there. My parents lived there, um, and I, I stayed there until, gosh, about 16 years ago. Hmm, Wow. Um, I lived in Long Beach for a year, and I lived in Rancho Palos Verdes for a year. Mm -hmm. But other than that, all my time was spent in Torrance. And it's funny, my first husband and I actually bought a house that was the same floor plan as the one I grew up in, in the same <laughs> development. Wow. So, um, yeah, that that was that for a while until I finally escaped, and then it's like, God, I'm so glad to be out of there. <laughs> I know. Honestly, if you're a beach person is the thing. And, you know, if you're a beach person, Torrance is fantastic. Right. But if you're not, if you're like, you know, the sullen gothy <laughs> type or, uh, you know, mod wannabe or whatever right, else, yeah. uh, there w wasn't really a whole lot for you. Right. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I mean, I definitely, you know, I was, I, I walked in there already kind of like, I, I got, I had my height. I, ha I can't say it was funny because when I started West High, I was 10th grade, so I was 15 and I, ha I was wearing glasses at that time and I had very, very, th I have terrible vision. So my glasses were Coke bottle thick, so thick. And the day I got my lenses off, this boy who looked like a man, you know how there's, there's in high school, there's the man boys that they have the facial yeah, hair there's, and all that. there's the ones who look like they're 30 and, <laughs> uh, and there's the other ones who look like they're eight <laughs> and at some point there's like no middle ground and you gotta you gotta decide do you want the boy men or the he-men uh, yeah and and bruce was a 30 year old looking he-man and fucking <laughs> he he hit on and I, I remember seeing him see i'm telling the story I remember seeing him around campus with this pretty girl 
and I, I imagined they were together. But he saw me. I wasn't wearing my glasses. He calls me over, and he's like, hey, can I have your phone number? And I'm just so thrilled because it's like no yeah. boy fucking ever asked me out before. And yeah. I was so excited. And so he called me, and he basically asked me to be his affair on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So he was acting like the 30-year-old guy, too. Yes. That's not the first guy who wanted me to be the affair on the side. But, yeah, by, by the time I went to South, though, I had kind of grown into myself. And, you know, like I, I had the confidence. And, um, yeah, I just happened to find the crowd of girls that had my same interests. And, and I definitely had fun. So I can imagine... But when I first went there, I didn't know anyone, and I felt so alone. And I remember feeling so sad, and I was mm. crying a lot because I didn't have any friends. And, you know, it was Lori was the one who reached out to me and asked me, you know, hey, do you want to come to a party? And that was the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, was that's good. <laughs> debauchery after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. But those were fun times. And I just want to say growing up in that town was was fun. And I was so disappointed yeah. when we left. But when we left, we went to Hollywood. And then oh, I found that like a new. Dream yeah, at that age. I loved it. I loved living in Hollywood. That was really fun. So I'm sure. um, I had some crazy times. So now and now you're living in Northern California, right? Yes. Do you do you yes. prefer it? Yes. Big time. And um, I do come down to L.A. Uh, a couple times a month, uh, my boyfriend lives down there uh, in Echo Park, and so I do spend a lot of time down there mm-hmm. now. Actually, a lot more than I have since uh, since he, before he came along. Right. Um, before then, it was like, oh, God, I have to go down and take my, my annual Christmas trip to visit my parents. <laughs> and, uh, aside from that, I didn't really want to go down there at yeah. all. But um, having having a reason to go down makes all the difference in the Oh, world. yeah, but it I definitely does. I do love does. Northern California. It's really wonderful up here you know despite all the trumpers and all right. these assholes right you know. now do you do you have and this is a long shot but do you know jeff Pryor? oh god i remember the name the reason I, I, fred might know him but i and i believe he lives in echo park and i'm not asking you that because he lives in echo park <laughs> mainly because like you know the the whole oh i know someone who lives in echo park do you know gene and it's like <laughs> i don't know well, but you'd be surprised <laughs> how many people know each other there it's pretty that, funny yeah really. but jeff is he knew fred and he used to work in fragrance which was how i got to know fred and perfume i mean and now Jeff, run, he lives in Echo Park, and he runs a, it's called The Real Bark, and he rescues dogs. And I'm just, oh, he's amazing. wonderful. He's just wonderful guy. I imagine if you met him now, you guys would be fast friends, because I think you guys oh, would just get along. that's great. No. Uh, I don't yeah, know if you'll ever, one of these days. But, um, okay, so let's, uh, why don't we switch over into politics now, because I Oy. definitely want to get your opinion on this. And I want to know, now, did you follow everything Steve Schmidt said? I have been keeping up on it recently because he's been in just such a, a whirlwind tirade of uh, no fuck giving. <laughs> oh, how, my how can you God. not? I mean, you know, yeah. uh, like I said to you before, he's, he's just burning everything down, and I've got my Jiffy Pop ready to eat over it. Well, I blocked him today for the second time because I did talk a little shit about him. And I figure if he, I mean, I've done it to him before. I, I called him out because he, the other day, basically was blaming RBG 
for what's happening. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, God, really? You're going to fucking blame the dead woman when you had something yeah, to do with Alito yeah. getting the, his seat? Shut the fuck up. So I blocked him, but then I unblocked him because he went nuts. And um, so, yeah, I had to talk some shit about him today, and I, I blocked him because I figure I would prefer that he not want to, you know, go on one of his uh Oh, yeah. He, he was going nuts yesterday just calling people out left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. People who deserved it, in my opinion, probably. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you, just, you don't need to put yourself in the line of fire for that kind of shit. No. And, you know, I mean, he was going off about Meghan McCain. And I think, yeah. you know, obviously that's what she called him a, pet, a pedo. Yeah. And he didn't like that, which, okay, I don't blame him. I don't blame him yeah. for being pissed off. But what, what he wound up doing is telling everybody – now, he – I, when did it start? I don't know what night it was, but my my girlfriend is sending me his text and going, "Holy shit, Steve Schmidt's breaking down! Steve Schmidt's breaking down!" And so you know, I'm just like watching it, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" But then he put it all in a Substack, and when it was in the Substack, it was very clear. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just gonna go over the gist here. So Megan okay. pisses him off because she's insufferable, and we all know that. And okay. First of all, he talks about how McCain, John McCain, spent his 70th birthday on a yacht with the Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska. And the reason he did that had something to do with an affair that he had with some um, lobbyist who was 41 when he was 70. And everybody was keeping that quiet for him. And so, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but Manafort and it was Rick Davis, I believe, and I think they were yeah. with the same... I don't know if it's company, whatever, as Roger Stone was. Blatt was, what was it? Manafort. Uh, God, God, I can't remember the name. Manafort, Black, and Stone or something like that. I think yeah. maybe Rick Davis had something. Something creative like that, right? <laughs> yes. Um, so there was the side of the campaign that was, uh, according to Steve, for democracy, and then there was the like Manafort side. And mm-hmm. those were the guys who picked Palin. Um, Mm -hmm. also were, oh yeah. And so Steve Schmidt was asked by John McCain to sit in the room with him when he was going to talk to Palin and Schmidt's like, no, this is your first act as president. And even though he wasn't yet president, but you know, you're the one who has to make this decision. So now he regrets that. And so this was the biggest mistake of his life because McCain sat with her alone and came out and said, fuck it, let's roll the dice. And, um, yeah, I'm looking here. So that so so anyway, he had this affair, and because he had this affair, they were hiding it for him, and somehow it ties into Paul Manafort and whatnot. And the thing is, is that right now McCain has some foundation, and sitting on the board are these fucking Russian people. So so he is telling us now that he had he knew that this was in our government, and that McCain yeah. was part of it, and because yeah. he's pissed off at, at the insufferable. Veruca Salt daughter, he's now yeah, going. He, that's what finally drives him to let this loose. Yes, and pat on the back for Steve because now he's telling the truth, and everyone should just love him for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bullshit. Oh my God, he is a fucking nutbag, and he is going. You know, he went crazy on Sherry Jacobus. I'm going to say nothing about Sherry Jacobus right now, because she and I have our we agree in some places and we disagree in other places i don't want to fight with the woman i helped her with her she had cancer and she had to go fund me which he's calling a grift i don't even want to talk about that because i feel like you know i understand she has cancer i understand i was on the phone with her 
I I don't even want to go there. Um, yeah. I don't want to get involved with their fights with each other. But I think it's all ridiculous. And I think that he, I, I, I hope that enough people who were like giving money to Lincoln Project yeah. will recognize now that, hey, we can be happy that these people who, who there was a fucking article, scientific study done on the brains of liberals and conservatives, and they are different. And wait, so, wait, they found one for conservatives? <laughs> <laughs> they had to have a microscope, but they found it. <laughs> <laughs> An electron microscope. <laughs> exactly. But they're, they, they're, our brains are wired differently. And so here, mm-hmm. these conservative people who are never Trumpers have a different perception and see things differently than liberals do and so now when they're going after trumpers liberals are all like woohoo we love what you're saying about trump we love that you're going after mcconnell but then i think they miss you know these people are what got us i'm glad that they're there but don't give them money don't fucking support them i mean we have we need all of it for people on our side and if they're opposing Trump and whatever kind of transformation they're going through, good on them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think you should save the, the dollars and the, the time devoted to helping causes and whatnot for uh, liberal candidates and organizations. Yeah, because there's just, I mean, we have to be smart about this. And, you know, people, I know everybody likes to be in their little clique of who they follow. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I have mine. You know, I have the people who I love and I follow and I think they're smart and funny. And occasionally I learn that some of these people aren't who I thought they were. And, it, yep. and when I learn that, I don't double down on my bullshit respect for them because yep. I'm embarrassed. I, I just realize, oh, they fooled me. You know, yeah, I was exactly. fooled. And I don't think yeah, it's wrong I, to there's admit. There's always going to be the possibility of that because, you know, humans are complex. Mm-hmm. We have multiple sides, and not everyone is going to drive with everyone at all times. Mm-hmm. But you have to make that call for your own self and sense of ethics, you know, what you can pour into what you can't, given new information. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I liked Steve Schmidt. I understood who he was, and I understood that he was with a party that helped pave the way. I mean, Palin, hello. He also, you know, I mean, the fact that he's taking no responsibility for her at this point in the game, okay, fine. But still, you paved the way for what we're in and dealing with right now, specifically since you helped Alito get his seat. Um, So I, I, but, but I saw his true colors when I invited him on my show because he, to my surprise, he said yes. And he had seen my, uh, pin tweet which was at the time during the Trump administration and it was about the fact that I lived in Russia when I was 12 and I couldn't believe that Vladimir was so close to ruining our democracy and so he asked me about that because before he came on my show we had a phone call and he was super fucking nice and you know what's funny when he talks he likes to t- he talks with his mid-Atlantic accent Hillary yeah, Clinton yeah. okay Clinton when he talked to me on the phone, I almost thought, is this Steve Schmidt? Because it didn't sound like that. <laughs> Completely different. I mean, it was like he enunciates for the TV. He really, truly does. And I mean, he's got the mid-Atlantic yeah. accent. But it's like he turns it up when he goes on yeah. TV. So, or at least when he goes on podcasts. So, but we were talking and he was really nice and he was asking me about Russia. So then, okay, we, we book a date. You're, he's going to be on my show in a month. So in the interim... 
he talked some shit about Elizabeth Warren. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I called him out. And I said, you're, you're giving the GOP, this was during the primary, and I said, you're giving the GOP talking points. So he says, well, respectfully, you know, they would do that anyway. And I said, well, you don't have to fucking help them. So yeah. I don't think that he liked that I said that. And he comes on my show, and unlike every other show that he's on, he's basically on my show, blame the Democrats for everything. Usually he's blaming Trump, but it was so... Yeah, yeah. when you see him on MSNBC yes. or whatever, yeah, he's... He's he going after like the, Demo or the, the right Republicans. Thing. Yeah. And then he didn't like what I said, so he changed his tune. And that was my first clue. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. And then, of course, that Lincoln Project article came out, um, mm -hmm. basically exposing them and talking about how, you know, he was running around screaming about generational wealth. And he, you know, but we also all know that in the midst of all of this, he goes off with fucking Starbucks Howard Schultz who yep. is a complete asshole libertarian and basically takes votes away from both. He's going to, he would take yeah. votes away from both parties and that's not, he's never going to win. He's just going to siphon off votes. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's just going to erode the support that our candidates could have. Yeah. And it was somebody threw some money at Steve Schmidt and that was where his loyalty was. And that's yeah. where I believe it is now. And for anybody listening, who's like, so, in love with these never Trumpers going after you can be in love with that. I don't have a problem. Again, it's always about just don't fucking give them money. They don't yeah, need your exactly. money. <laughs> yeah, your, your dollars are finite. Put yeah. them in the places where they're going to do the most good in the bigger picture. Yeah, and by by all means, share their tweets, whatever. But you know, let's not forget that Rick Wilson went after Max Cleland, who lost both legs and an arm in Vietnam, and basically called him a traitor. And mm -hmm. and because of it, he lost his campaign. Rick Wilson is still the exact same man he was then. He's just he yep. recognizes that Trump was really bad for his business. So I guess yeah, he could have yeah. stayed a Republican and, you know, continued on to make his money and just gone along the way of the oligarchs. And I'm glad that he didn't do it. But I don't think any of them deserve our money. And I, you know, I, I, I was so reluctant to embrace them. And I always looked at them like, OK, I'm going to accept what you're saying and I'm going to accept your help. But let's see what happens after the election. And I think they're all starting to I mean, fucking George Conway just tweeted yep. out that Roe was one of the worst decisions for the rule of oh law. Oh, my God. I saw that tweet, and I was just, okay. Yeah. You know, I, I had admired some of the things he'd said along the way, yeah, but, oh, for God's sake, they, just, they always revert to type. And it goes back to conservatives and liberals have different ways of seeing things their brains work yep. differently and you know take it the way you want but we you know we have more empathy our you know liberals yep. just have more empathy and we think differently yep. so all right you know what we're gonna have to take a quick break but we will be back after this message oh hi it's kimberly are you my patron why aren't you my patron? If you just go to patreon.com slash start me up, you're going to see all the tiers I offer. You're going to see so much. You're going to see everything. Just go to patreon.com slash start me up and become my patron today. You won't regret it. Okay, we're back. So let's see. Birth control and Roe v. Wade and gay marriage. Okay. And so, other things that aren't here anymore, <laughs> soon to be said. Yes, exactly. So let me ask you this. Last Monday night, the news came down that they were going to strike down Roe v. Wade. What was your reaction? 
Um, there was a lot of screaming, a <laughs> lot of uh, yelling of expletives, um, uh, shaking of heads, gnashing of teeth, yeah. uh, renting of garments, uh, <laughs> just, just all around fucking pissed off. Yeah. Did you, I mean, did you we think knew it, it was, was going right. there, yeah. but we, I guess, you know, you always think, oh, it's going to be a little bit down the road and it's not going to be quite as blatant and yeah. um, just really kind of, yep, this is, this is what we're doing. And we're basing it on some really bizarre interpretations of <sighs> things. And uh, I don't know, it was extremely depressing, mm-hmm. maddening, but hopefully uh, galvanizing yeah. in, in the long run. Yeah, that's exactly how I'm seeing it because I, you know, I mean, I, I, Molly Jung Fast has been saying, you know, they're going to strike down row. They're going to strike down row. Yep. And, yep. and then I've been hearing people say, no, they're not going to strike down row because they needed to fundraise. And I'm just like, I didn't think they would do it. I thought that they would just gut it. Which, yeah. I, you know, and the thing is, is I, I, I can't officially say I want them to strike down Roe because I don't mean it. But of the two, of gutting it yeah. with the same result, I want them to strike it down. Because that's, like yeah. you said, it's going to galvanize. It's going to slap a whole bunch of people across the face who are asleep. And yep. they're going to go, oh, and I hope it's enough. And that's my next question is now, I mean, we, we've been fighting white supremacy. And you look at the poll numbers and of course, the historic—you know—the party and the party that's at the top. Um, you know, their Congress usually goes the opposite way. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Forget history right now. And okay, if we just looked at the polls and we just listened to some of these talking heads, who I didn't necessarily believe—not that they were liars—but I just wasn't buying into the Dems were going to lose. But yeah. I don't know that the the Democrats were as enthusiastic enthusiastic about voting out white supremacy I don't mm-hmm. know, you know like there's all these people in the country who don't vote and are they even aware do they even understand what's going on now with Roe I think there is an opportunity for for a lot of these people especially young women who yep. were not paying attention oh all of a sudden they're going to start paying attention and I would even go so far as to say like for instance in Mississippi and Texas where the majority of abortion clinics have been um you know just closed or whatever because of trap laws Mm -hmm. so where they had 40 now they have one or they have none um i wonder if in those red states where abortion is already almost impossible to get i wonder if striking it down will mean the difference that some of those girls and young women who live in those areas will now understand Mm -hmm. like did they know did they know there's because, you know, they're just going along and they're not getting pregnant and they don't have to worry about it. Maybe they have a friend yeah. or something. But I mean, do they know that they don't have the, the option anymore? I don't know, because they, the, the Republicans have been so stealth and quiet. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of um, puzzling. Yeah. Just to opine about those things. You know, I hope this was the wake-up call we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know why we have so much trouble staying focused on these issues that we... It's like you see the slow-moving avalanche coming towards you, and we keep saying, yep, there's an avalanche coming. Yeah. And nobody's actually taking any real steps to address the oncoming avalanche. And then it gets yeah. there, and we're like, oh, there was just an avalanche. Now we have to react. Yeah, now we have to march. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why weren't we doing that before? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've always 
been kind of on the offensive mm-hmm. with the Republican Party. I mean, you know, you got to hand it to them. That is their yeah, their thing. They is. stay as a voting block. They stay focused. They stay on the offensive, and we're constantly running defense. When you were when you were young, and let's just take you into your early twenties. Did you feel like after you had witnessed everything, you know, the the whole 70s, burn your bra, um, Mm -hmm. women are equal. Did you just feel like we were going to continue to progress and that by now we would have seen women leading the country? Was that your assumption? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I was fortunate because Torrance is not the most liberal, progressive area, despite it being a a beach city Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, But I was very fortunate in that my mother, who was a single mom by the time I was three. Me too. um, Mm. And had to put herself through college and support herself and all this stuff. um, She was always uh, a Democrat, always liberal, and really instilled those values into me, despite, you know, all my grandparents being Republicans and whatnot. So she and my aunt especially um, were really influential on me in those kind of Things And I think I was able to see that from a very young age. And mm-hmm. so I, I adopted those principles and that outlook on life uh, very young. And I feel so fortunate for that. Um, wow. Because seeing my mother, you know, have to be mm-hmm. uh, the breadwinner, have to be the caregiver, um, have to do all these things. Uh, she's such a strong person. It really... Uh, affected the way I see these things. And when I was starting out in life in my late teens, early 20s, yeah, I didn't think that we were going to be taking backward steps like this. You know, I mean, it seemed like things, you know, were maybe difficultly progressing, but progressing slowly over time, at least incrementally. Yeah, and I mean, at that time, I was not a political person. I didn't really start getting involved in politics until, uh, like, the 2000 election is... Uh-huh. really what grabbed my attention my mom was very political and always talking about it and mm-hmm. um but you know i mean bill clinton came along and everybody loved bill clinton at the time you know yep. and 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 i just didn't think about it because because oh, no me neither yeah i was all on board with that just real com- everybody was comfortable so when yeah. i was comfortable and young i just didn't pay pe- attention at all to politics but what i was paying attention to you know even during the reagan years and I've said this before on my show, but it's like, you know, we had all these television shows with messages. Like, for instance, there was the episode of Family Ties when they got a gun and, mm-hmm. you know, they almost shot Alex in the middle of the night when he came home, um, mm-hmm. you know, and the father freaked out and then they didn't want a gun. And at the end, they did a PSA. And then there was the episode of uh, Different Strokes when the the two little Drummond boys were not allowed into the white country club. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Drummond mm-hmm. freaked out and and there was a lesson there. Don't be a fucking racist. And and there was yeah. always like these lessons in the shows that we watched. And, you know, they, and whether, that didn't seem controversial at all. At no, the you didn't have people marching in the streets saying, you know, oh, there should be more guns and TV shows <laughs> right. and all this kind of stuff that you would probably see today. Yeah, that's so true. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nobody can. It was something that we all pretty much agreed on. It was yes, a safe It seemed like argument. a baseline, and that's why I think I, I didn't think about it very much when I was growing up, because that, it just seemed like the way the world mostly was, and those who weren't like that were you know, far outliers. 
Yeah, totally. It's so crazy that your mom and dad split when you were three. That's when my mom and dad split. So that's oh, kind of funny. Yeah, interesting that we have we'll, that we'll in have common. We'll have to compare notes on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so fat. And, you know, I mean, the fact, I mean, we didn't live parallel lives, obviously, but we were, you know, walking together uh, close to each other for all these yeah. years. And, and it's just, it's just so interesting. It's, it's always it interesting to find out, too, that someone like you, you have this similar situation. We didn't know each other. And now we're finding out, oh my God, look, we have this in common and, and that yep. in common. And it, it's so, but yeah, but I just, I feel like I, even though I am not directly affected because I'm full-blown menopausal, I'm not mm-hmm. going to ever get pregnant. I don't have to worry about birth control. Um, yeah. but, but this so affects me. And, and in fact, I mean, there, there's the obvious shit with the economic stuff. You know, it's an economic issue and yeah. there's all that. And of course, there are people that I know that could be pregnant and those people would be affected. But how it affects me and you and every woman in this country is that when we go out and do our thing, um, the more rights that are taken away from us, the more those misogynistic men out there will feel like they can say and do anything they want to us and, and experience, oh, n- yeah, nothing, never, ever have to be held accountable. And in most cases, exactly they right. wouldn't. And yeah, it's these scary. Yeah, these are all, uh, you know, not to minimize it, but kind of grains of sand. And mm-hmm. then you suddenly realize that there's a desert out there filled with all these little bits and pieces of white supremacy, misogyny, et cetera. And everything just kind of enables and, and paves the way for these other things until you're just drowning in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really quite upsetting. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I had, when I found out that, I'm trying to remember the timeline, it was, it was Romney gave McConnell the green light to go ahead and put up Amy Coney Barrett for confirmation. And... Mm-hmm. I, I lost my shit and I'll never yeah. forget it because I had Fred Guttenberg on my show that day and he lost, oh, wow. his, yeah, he lost his daughter in, um, one of those high school shows at Parkland. I can't remember. I can never, yeah, I, Parkland, I yeah. think it was Parkland. And I, I, I will always feel guilty about that interview because I was so beside myself and I felt awkward talking. Like I'm never very good with death and grief. It makes mm-hmm. me feel awkward and I don't want to say the wrong thing. So mm-hmm. I just feel awkward. And I did tell him that. Um, but as soon as, you know, he hung up, I went on and did the rest of the show on my own and just cried because I was so oh. terrified that I was going to lose my health insurance. And, yeah, um, but this is different because for me, I'm not in this panic mode because I'm not, going to have outside of what I just explained to you you know obviously I'm not gonna have to worry about getting pregnant um and I'm able to kind of look it's not to say that I'm not upset about this it's just that I I don't have the personal breakdown experience because I don't have the same kind of um investment that a young person would um Mm -hmm. but at the same time I feel like and and I, I hope I'm right about this but it's like I said before I hope that this serves us like as an opportunity to 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 get a lot of new democratic voters even though i don't think the democratic party is perfect it's like oh my god there's like there's the democrats who care and then there's the nazis so um yeah yeah, the democrats fuck up from time to time but i think in the overall picture they they do things for people that you know they they write laws that will make us more equal and help us and give us opportunities where there weren't any before. But yeah. I, but I feel like 
like there's a part of me that actually feels hopeful about this. Do you share that? Yes, I do. Um, I, I have to stay focused on the potential good that may come mm-hmm. out of a very sh- shitty situation, mm-hmm. you know. So I have to hope that when I see people marching and, you know, there's a, a march coming up uh, on the 14th, uh, which is, I think, Saturday, um, in L.A., mm-hmm. and I'm sure there are other ones going around around the country, and I'm planning on going to one of those, and I think that will help bolster that feeling of at least we can try and mobilize people enough to speak out yeah. and, you know, take some actions here. Um, I was thinking yesterday about how, you know, we, we keep pointing out the, the hypocrisy and the disingenuousness of the arguments of conservatives and the GOP and catching them in their lies and pointing out all these things. Mm-hmm. But it's so difficult because the thing is, they don't care about that. Right. They don't, they're not burdened by any, you know, internal consistency of logic that yeah. may, that would make any normal person feel like they have to square that circle. Right. Um, they just don't care. So while we're kind of out there feeling self-righteous and whatever about pointing out these things, these glaring inconsistencies and the flouting of ethics and all this kind of stuff, they're just kind of barreling along with their, mm-hmm. you know, Christo-fascist, misogynistic, everything phobic hatefulness. Mm-hmm. And all they do want to do is punish and disenfranchise people. Um, and the question is going to be, how do, how do you deal with people like that who don't honor those kind of mm-hmm. fundamental moorings of ethics and morality and shame and decency that we always were taught made up the playing field, right? Yeah. So these people are willing to go hell for leather in grabs for power mm-hmm. and make a virtue out of immorality. And how do you, how do we deal with that without becoming like them? Mm-hmm. And when there's no like material recourse, when the systems to redress those things have been compromised or corrupted, yeah, and you know who I, I'm going to try to find it now. I hope I can find it real quick. But there was that woman. She, God, I, I'm so bad with names, but she, she's a state. I think she's a state senator, and somebody called her a pedophile, and she went off. Oh, you, Mallory McMorrow. Thank you. She's fantastic. And I that's just it. To her on some other show yesterday, and I, she is amazing. And she needs to be the template for every single yes. Democrat. Now, uh, I yeah. have been thinking that too, that, oh God, I wish she could give classes because <laughs> that is the exact temperament, yeah. uh, the tone of the response, the fervency with which she's doing it. It's just like, she's not going to take this bullshit. She's mm-hmm. going to call it out for what it is and, you know, fuck these people. Yeah. And that's, I mean, going back to what you were saying about, you can't be, we can't become them because yeah. then the country dies. But the way to fight back, again, and her, like you said, her tone and everything, it's getting in their face and going, you're not going to fuck with us. We are going to win. It's it's an attitude. We've got to stop pretending like things are normal anymore. They're not normal anymore. No. No, they're they're not. They're not how they used to be, and we need to come up with a new guidebook on how to deal with this bizarre new reality we have. Yeah, and I think part of it is literally, I mean, Eric Swal- Swalwell does a fantastic job 
with his yeah. tone. And I think that's yeah. what it really comes down to because we don't want the Democrats to break laws. We don't want the Democrats no. to become exactly what they're fighting. So, and you know, what is the answer? I think the answer is how do you deal with d- the bully on the schoolyard? And yes. part of that, because bullies on the schoolyard are really just fucking weaklings who, when they're stood up to, they back down. Now, I'm not saying that yeah. all the Republicans would just easily back down. Um, but on the other no, hand, but I think shining the light on them yes. and being loud about uh, standing up to them and just calling out what they're doing and mm-hmm. publicizing the things they're saying helps yeah. because it gives uh, puts them under more scrutiny. Yes, and it's true also what you said, because, and, and I can be guilty of it, but understanding the idea that our quick letter, we've got it on them. They don't give a shit that we've got it on them. Yeah. And, and it yeah. doesn't matter and in I do their that world. too. I yeah. mean, uh, everyone loves finding a good, uh, yeah. good point of hypocrisy to point out. Right. <laughs> but that doesn't and that stop the voters. And outrage and stuff, but they don't give a fuck. No, they don't. The, the, and the leadership doesn't give a fuck because they know their base doesn't care. And so yeah. they're just like, whatever. We're going to say whatever. Well, whatever lies they want to invent. I mean, look at the, the, the QAnon shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that documentary? Oh, I've been afraid to watch it because <laughs> <laughs> I, I've read and listened to enough about all this crazy wacko bullshit but um yeah i probably should well i haven't seen the whole thing i i there are so many fucking parts of this documentary and you know i mean basically i don't was it ron watkins there's ron watkins and i don't remember which one who ron is i think ron is q but i I have to look ron watkins is q okay so that and then there's his weird father and both of them Oh my God! Yeah, they're, they're both lunatics. Insane! They're fucking insane! And it's mm-hmm. like I do, I do want to get back. I don't have to watch it all because I believe that they go into one six. And you know, there's when they were making the documentary, one um, six had already happened, or at least mm-hmm. they hadn't wrapped it up, so they included it. And then I guess I did. I have not seen the last show which I just want to jump to the last show I have to watch, but it's very hard. It is hard to watch because you're just like, oh, yeah. my fucking God, I can't believe so many people are falling yeah, for I, this. Yeah, it just makes you feel like yeah. I just want to go jump off a bridge Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> humanity is doomed. But the, I guess the last show, Ron kind of gives it away that he's What, Q. that it's all a big put on? Well, I think he's asked if he's Q. And evidently, I haven't seen it, but it's the way he responds with this kind of grin that is like oh, a like God. yeah I'm he wanted he, th- he thinks he's being all mm-hmm. secretive yeah. oh I'm look at me I'm so clever right and no he's not and it's just no. you know it's like I was afraid to watch have you seen Get Me Roger Stone yes I know and I was afraid to watch that there was a running joke with my boyfriend and I um that you know whenever we hear any weird noises outside we're like i'm convinced that it's roger stone climbing up the, <laughs> the wall he's gonna kill us i love that <laughs> oh god hey, talk about one of the most insufferable humans to ever draw breath jesus christ he's so awful he's so fucking he is awful. So awful have you ever i mean i hate to bring it down to this level but did you ever see the pictures of him and his wife and like the, the swingers mags oh my god no oh my god my boyfriend ronnie sent those to me one time and oh my I god like, i hate you <laughs> now i totally want to see them oh god so yeah go find those if you can people because um wow. yeah you'll, <clears throat> that's especially so gross. if you're trying to diet that is so gross um well you know just i have to tell this really crazy funny story since you said that your boyfriend sent you pictures that you didn't want to see. 
Okay, so this th- this is a completely. Yeah, he, he doesn't send me pictures of himself. He sends me Roger, only pictures Roger from Stone. the 80s of, of Roger Stone in his life. Well, this story has nothing to do with that except for it triggered a memory. And it's just so funny. And it's just so weird. And I have to preface it because I had this friend and his, he's no longer with us. But um, he was married to – this was Rich and he was married to Denise. And my mom and I were friends with him. Just loved them. He was an actor. And my, we were all actors actually. And so we would go hang out with Rich and Denise all the time. They had a couple kids. And so it came to this point where they were going to leave. We were in California. <clears throat> Excuse me. We were living in Glendale. And, and they were going to go to um, – I think New Jersey or something like that. They're going to move to New Jersey. And they were our best friends. And so, you know, we missed them and everything. So I was over there one day and they were packing up. And Rich comes out and he's holding this videotape and he's like, honey, look what I found. And she looks at him and, and, and it was a videotape called Blacks on Fire. And I'm oh, like, God. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I thought yeah. it was like a KKK video. And yeah, it, that was the first thing that occurred to yes. me. Was like, some horrible yeah, I'm like, shit. what do they have? And it turns out that it was a porno from the 70s. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it was fucking gross, but awesome. <laughs> it was like really poorly, like no budget, no yeah. budget. And the yeah. woman... She had the full bush, like, I mean, I no say, shaving. Lots of hair. Lots, lots of hair. Of there was lots of hair. I will give it to the guy. He was going down on her. So, hey, I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> hey, you know? good on him. <laughs> but it was so funny because it was like, you know, I'm like, I have to have this fucking video because they were going to throw it out. <laughs> and I'm like, I must be the new owner of Blacks on Fire. And so, like, hey, I went home and I you, watched it. You are it. the inheritor of the legacy. <laughs> And, I and go it is home. up to you now to pass it on to someone who is capable of caring for this treasure. Well, unfortunately, I think I either gave it away or I lost it. I don't know. But I had a friend. She you came wore over. it out, didn't you? I must have. I, that's really the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a hole in it right where I stop it every time. But... Um, <laughs> But it was so it was so funny because she was like wearing a wig and and, yeah. and it was just it was just the full no blown seventies. No one will ever 70s. know me in this thing if I wear this if wig. I, if I wear the wig, no one will ever recognize me. I'll never but... get fired from my secretarial job. <laughs> oh my god! And so my girlfriend, she comes to stay with me, and I told her I have this video, and she's like, I have to see it. And I'm like, I can't watch it again. I swear to God, I can't watch it again. And it, so I, I put it on for her, and then I went in my bedroom, and I could just hear her cackling out in the living room and just laughing. <laughs> and oh now it's like God. I don't have it anymore, and I wish that I did. But I don't have a VCR, so I couldn't enjoy it anyway. But I just, it was like uh, a random story that I just oh, remembered. Oh, days gone by, huh? <laughs> I just thought I, the, the name of that video, Blacks on Fire, just makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> Oh, they were God. they were just so hot. They were just so hot. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Let's see. Uh, one quick question. We're okay. One quick question about politics, and then we're going to have a little bit of fun. But I had yeah. this thought, and I just want to see if you agree or how you feel about this. Um, I know there's like the two camps with Merrick Garland and DOJ going after Trump. Mm-hmm. My take on it is, after listening to everybody, after just watching this country behave, and all of it. I think if, and, now, and, and I know that A, the DOJ doesn't give a shit what I think. They're not going to do anything based on what I think. Um, but, and, and they're not going to do things for partisan reasons, or at least they shouldn't. But all yeah. that aside, 
I would much prefer, like my personal preference is I hear a lot of people, and I know Sherry Jacobus is one person who is very, very adamant about the fact that Trump needs to be indicted before the midterms because she mm-hmm. because she is coming from that world. Well, I voted for, you know, I was Republican. Now I'm an independent and I voted for Biden because I want to see, you know, justice. And if mm-hmm. we don't get justice in a certain time period, people aren't going to show up to vote. And I'm kind of concerned. I like I don't want to put that out there. I don't want that message. We're not going to vote to be out there. I would, you know, yeah. I want Trump indicted, too. And if he goes his whole life never getting indicted that will absolutely be wrong i care more about democracy though than i do about what happens to him and so but i'm thinking like i would like to see some of the higher ups get indicted maybe before the midterms if that's going to happen yeah Um, just to kind of show that it's creeping toward actual action yeah to give confidence yes yes i mean i think that would be a a great solution i mean obviously i i don't think any of what they're doing should be considering strategy for the elections. I think they need to go with the evidence mm-hmm, leads mm-hmm. and whatnot. But if it worked out that way, right. I think that would be tremendous because at least it would show kind of like, okay, things are happening in good faith. We can trust what's happening, even if it's slower than we would like, mm-hmm. and something is the wheels are turning on, basically. Yeah, and I also kind of think if Trump were to be indicted before the elections. I would fear that that might energize their base even more. I mean, I know they're already energized, and I yeah. don't no, know. I, I think that's probably yeah. the case. Um, yeah, because it, of the martyr a, thing, he'd be it's a martyr. Just a tightrope to walk, you know. Yeah. Well, and I think that his base might see him as a martyr, and you know, oh, I mean, totally. I, I. Again, I don't know how many new people they'd be bringing in. Like, if Trump were to get indicted, how many new people would say, "Oh, I'm going to vote now." Like, I mean, I know they're pretty much all primed to vote, but I think that, you know, there is this growing white supremacist movement that Trump is, you know, a huge part of. And Mm -hmm. I could see where, you know, I mean, it's like you think in terms of just people talking to each other and you've got the Proud Boys and you've got all these young, white, conservative, I don't even want to call them conservative, but just like, you know extremist type right-wingers who Mm -hmm. love their patriarchal power and maybe they're not paying that much attention but when they see that you know a white man who is propping up white supremacy gets in trouble oh well now we all have to fight for him yeah and so that's one of my concerns it's like you know and and that's like everything the only thing that i disagree with with sherry on this is talking about how democrats won't show up I just don't want to put that out there because I think we get into manifest no. destiny and I don't want to do it. And I, I totally agree with her that Trump yeah. should be indicted. I'm not against that, but I just. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that. And um, what was I just going to say now? Oh, and also because, you know, the, the Trumpists are basically all built around uh trying to be victims in any given scenario yes, exactly uh that that grievance mentality that uh if trump does get indicted you know it's just going to feed into that and they're just going to whip up a frenzy into oh poor beleaguered you know white conservatives mm-hmm. whatever Ugh. yeah i mean they're definitely I mean, going to use it be the victims in in Roe being overturned i know i know i, know. I mean that that, that kind of contortionism is 
just incredible. It is. And, you know, I like I wish people, you know, I mean, again, now this goes back to what you were saying as far as they don't they don't have shame and, and they don't care when they're called out on their hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing we say no higher like having a moral high ground like in a literal yeah. sense matters it just doesn't matter no, because, because they're, they're not they're playing not, they're not they don't have the same baseline no. of morality and ethics as normal humans <laughs> <laughs> i mean look at madison Cawthorn for god's sake what a fucking idiot pumping away and you know, back back in the day, I I'm old enough to remember when people resigned for a lot less. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, but he's just out there like, well, <laughs> admittedly, you know, I don't think Republicans like him either. But right. um, it, it just goes to show where where how much the needle has moved yes. away from what is generally publicly acceptable. <sighs> it's just all so scary. So the last political question I will ask you is, how are you feeling? What is your gut feeling? I know you're not a psychic, but what is your gut feeling on, um, you know, what's going to happen in November? Oh, I hope to fuck everyone gets out and votes. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, if this doesn't get our asses moving Nothing and, and organize, I don't know what on earth will. Yeah, I don't either. It, I really don't. I, I plan on, you know, shouting from the rooftops to get people to vote, but it, for me and my circle, it's kind of preaching to the converted, right. so... I don't know how much I can influence people that way other than just get out there. Well, I, like I, I, I always, I also, sorry. And I was just going to say, I always like to say, look, as, as individuals, we can phone bank for candidates and I'm always going to say the pro-choice, but you know, we can phone yeah. bank for candidates. We can donate to candidates and we can register yeah. people to vote. I also want to throw this out there. Um, I, I think I, I have a patrons only show and I recorded that earlier and I don't remember if I shared this, but I think I did. Liz Winstead um, is going to do on July 17th. I love her. She's been on the show too, but she's going to do like a, I don't know what you would call it, but an education for everybody. It's an online thing on July 17th, which happens to be my birthday. And she's, oh, yeah, so it's my birthday present. She's going to tell everybody, here's how we fight. She's going to give yep. us the tools we need. She spends her life, um, you know, defending uh, abortion clinics and abortion doctors mm-hmm. and doing everything she can uh, for women and for people who are pregnant. So she's going to have a lot of good news. And this is a, like for people who don't necessarily want to go marching. And I, and I, and I, you know, like, I know this is going to, if it's going to be struck down, it's going to be in July and I live in DC and oh my God, the fucking drive into DC on the, um, on the Metro makes me nervous because of COVID, even though I'm fully yeah. vaxxed and everything. I know my mom would want to go and I talked I for sure talked about this on the patrons only show, but it's like, she gets, she passes out when it's too hot. I'm not taking her down to the fucking March and <laughs> in I, July <laughs> yeah, with COVID and she's 75. Yeah. No, I'm not doing it. So some yeah. people can't March. If you can't March, it doesn't mean you can't do anything. There are, there are so many things we could do. Yes. Social media is important and we can share, but you know, you could phone bank and, and, the great mm-hmm. thing about phone banking is it's not the most fun thing to do, but it's really easy. You just like whoever you like, whichever candidate you're interested in, they've always got the whole setup. It, you, you could yep. do it usually through your computer where you don't have to even use your phone or you use some number thing that they give you and, and they give you the whole, uh, you know, dialogue that, you, you know, and always just remember to be polite, even if they're assholes to you, be polite. Yeah, you just have to remember you're a representative of right. that candidate and the party in general. 
Yeah, so you don't want to you don't want to piss people off. So yeah, no. um, those those things are all doable. And if if all of us would just dedicate maybe an extra, you know, whether it's an hour or if you say, oh, I'm going to get my friends together and we're going to go register voters, you know, one day of your life, something you've mm-hmm. never done before. If you include mm-hmm. that this year, that'll make all the difference. It will really help. So I'm just always yeah, encouraging and, and people. And I would add also, um, this is the first time I've. Uh, volunteered to be a poll worker. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, because people are so scared, mm-hmm. you know, given what they've seen, all the abuse that poll workers take, uh, God only knows what it's going to look like going forward. And I just thought, you know, I that's something I can do mm-hmm. and uh, something I will be able to cope with. Yeah. Um, Bring your be phone. <laughs> yeah, because if, if you can't uh, even have the voting process, if you don't have enough people out there because they're too intimidated yeah. to vote, um, yeah, that's going to be huge, too. So basically anything you can do, and whatever your skill set is mm-hmm. or, or or whatever your avoidance topics right, are, right. Uh, you know, if you don't like to talk to people or whatever, the, there's something out there for you to do. Yes, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful you're going to be a poll worker. That just, like, warms the cockles of my heart. <laughs> Uh, I just have to remember, no political t-shirts or anything. I'm neutral. I'm just there to facilitate stuff getting done. All right. So let's now switch over to the fun part of the show. I mean, we had some fun. But for the extra fun part, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to be asking Julie the questions from the Bernard Pivot questionnaire that was always at the end of Inside the Actor Studio. And the goal here is to just answer these questions with the first thing that comes in your mind. Don't think too hard. And here we go. And I'm, I have a feeling I'm going to know the answer to this question, but maybe you'll surprise me. What is okay. your favorite word? Um, um, God. Unique. Okay. See, I thought you were going to say something I, else. Um, I'll tell no, you at the wait, end. You I'll, think I was going to say fuck? Yes, because so many people do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to, hey, I'm trying to be unique, okay? There you go. Okay, unique. What's your least favorite word? Um, moist. <laughs> That's got to be everybody's worst word, right? I mean, it's such a god awful word. <laughs> what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Uh, reading, I would say. What turns you off? Uh, oh, God, Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here it is. What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> oh, fuck, of course. Yeah, just like everybody else. Although I have to say, if I have to hone it down, motherfucker. Motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, I like motherfucker. Uh, yeah. What uh, what sound or noise do you love? Uh, my cat's purring. Oh, you're cute little kitties. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, people screaming. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Which I don't even know what your own profession is, but what would you like to attempt outside of it? Uh, is retiree a profession? Because I can't wait to try that out. <laughs> I am totally there with you. Um, or, or a lottery winner, let's just say There that. you go. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Oh, God. Um, probably being a teacher. I don't, you know, because I don't have what it takes for that. And it's such a such a profession those people do such amazing work and i don't know how they do it with all the bullshit they have to deal with 
And plus, everybody's sick all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the kids sick. Okay, so last question. If the, worst, a... the worst thing about being a teacher is all the fucking kids. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell that to my boyfriend because we don't have kids and we always laugh about that. Okay, so last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> uh, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> Wait a minute, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh my God, that's so funny. I, I think it's going to be a, a guess you lost that bet, huh? <laughs> so I don't know if you want to tell people this, if, 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 there, if there's like a thing you're not telling people, but can I know what you do for a living? Um, I work in HR. Gotcha, okay. <laughs> now, that's do- all you need to know. And, and uh, it's as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> Um, I actually love what I do, but oh, that's um, good. you know there are a lot of HR tropes that oh, uh, yeah. are out there, and um, yeah, <laughs> wow, public and service all the way. Have you always worked in HR? Have you had a variety of different? For jobs? the majority of of my working life, yes. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Wow, well, it's just like it's so fun talking to you. I mean, I, I could sit here and ask you all these questions for like another uh-huh. hour, and I know that people would like tune out because it's too much. But out of just my own curiosity, I you know. I'll have to get you either on the show or on the phone on my own just to ask you because it's just it's just endlessly fascinating to me that, you know, as much there's so much wrong with the Internet. But at the same yeah. time, there is this beautiful part of the Internet that people p- can be connected and for and like friendships can form. And, you know, like with Leanne, she is yeah. this beautiful wonderful human being and i i genuinely feel touched by her presence even though i i mean yes i've met her i i I can't even officially say i've met her i don't even think we've ever met we just saw each other and you know in high school passed each other in the halls and you know and the reason i asked you in the beginning was what did you think of me it almost sounds like I with your answer that I was searching for like fishing for compliments which I was not because I just figured people thought I was fucking weird and you know the way well, that I, I, I know I was fucking weird <laughs> um I, and I gotta say you know having um it revealed in the past few years how many of uh our classmates mm-hmm. from school have turned into Trump supporters hardcore Trumpers yeah, or it's just really general right wingers it's been extremely disappointing yes it has really colored the way i see people that i knew way back when but on the other hand uh it's like you say the internet can be a wonderful thing and Mm -hmm. it has reconnected or connected for the first time Mm -hmm. uh people that we went to school with who have not turned out like that like Mm -hmm. leanne uh like diana uh like leslie um do you know martha kelly Oh, I love Martha. Oh my God, I, she's I, on I everything. Her sister Joan. Yes. Oh, I used to sit next to Martha. I I never hung out with her, but I sat next to her, and she's so fucking funny. And now oh, she's, she's yeah. like, for those of you who don't know, she she's a stand-up comedian. Not surprising. And yeah. she was on a show with Zach Galifianakis. I can't remember the name, but now she's Baskets. in fucking everything. What what was it called? Baskets. Baskets. Okay, it's and, a wonderful show, and she's so good in it. Oh, um, she's and so good I have in to everything. say, Martha and Joan's dad was the principal of my grade school. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so so I've, cool. I've known them for a long time, and then we went to middle school together as well. Wow, and yeah, Martha yeah. is just so fucking deadpan. She, to yeah. me, she's almost like Zach Galifianakis, but a woman. 
and yeah, she's yeah, like the exactly. woman version. Yeah, and they're they're a really good fit that way. Yeah, and they I know that she's she's on Euphoria. She's like the drug. Uh, I don't know if you watch Euphoria, but like it's like the mm-hmm. kingpin, the drug kingpin. She's like the oh, queenpin. Okay. And then I know she she was in that movie. Um, about divorce, and I can't remember. It was the guy from Star Wars, you know, the tall. <laughs> I'm so bad with fucking names. What is his name? He's the, the tall, tall guy from Star Wars. The tall guy's. Uh, Chewbacca? Off, no, you know, he's younger. He's the new. He's the new generation. He was also oh God, in the show. He was also shit. in the show Girls. Did you ever watch Girls? Adam Driver. You know, I never have. That I would want to see. You know what? I really liked Girls. I really liked that show, and I did not want to watch it. I just didn't like Lena Dunham. And my boyfriend was like, I think you're going to like this show, and I fucking love the show. Um, (laughs) I really loved it. But, yeah, Adam Driver, and it was a a movie about divorce, and Martha Kelly played the – I think she was like a marriage counselor or something. And then I just recently saw her in Grace and Frankie – and oh she, my god! Yeah, I she, had no idea she was doing so much. She's work. doing I a mean, lot, and then there was baskets yeah, There was another. There was something else that I saw. I keep like going, "Oh, there's Martha Kelly again. There's Martha Kelly again." And it was like, "Wow!" And I got to give it to her because she's 54 years old. Like, well, I'm almost 54, but you yep. know, she graduated with us, and yep. obviously, she has built up a comedy career, which has gotten her into this place. But I was an actor for a long time, and um, you know, to see, and I left the business. I was basically mm-hmm. an actor for a decade, and I left. And while I got some work, I didn't certainly didn't make it. Um, but I just decided I didn't want to do it anymore. And then mm-hmm. in part, too, just because of age. You know, I left when I was 30, 31. Yeah. And, you know, here Martha is in her 50s. And she's really starting to get a lot of good work. And I'm so proud of yeah. her. And she's so funny. Oh, and I love her so much. And do you follow her on Twitter and her fucking cat? Oh, of course. Barry of course. and Gary. <laughs> God, I love her cats. Yeah, no, Barry. I love Barry. I know. <laughs> I love Barry. So um, just go, Martha. That's so cool. And I love connecting with you on this show and on and on social media. It's wonderful. It's so much fun. So before I let you go, uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Um, If you want to um, be exposed to some incoherent, uh, (laughs) sometimes rage filled ramblings that are the equivalent of a a verbal (laughs) dripping of salsa on one's uh, shirt um i am at bella fortunate on twitter on twitter and um i'm on facebook too but twitter is probably better okay so just everybody you gotta follow her because she's really fucking funny <laughs> she has really smart takes you'll enjoy her twitter feed i guarantee it of course you can find me at author kimberly k-i-m-b-e-r-l-e-y don't forget the extra e at the end my books are on Amazon, and also, I don't know if you know this, but I wrote a book called Peyton's Choice, and it's about teen abortion, and the whole fucking backdrop of my book is Torrance. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so anyway, it was awesome talking to you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. It's been great. I'm probably going to ask you back on, so be ready. <laughs> oh, God, please. I, I, this is so much fun and stress-free and whatever, and I just love it. I would be on any time you want to have me. Awesome. All right, well, you have a great one. Well, thank you. You too. Bye-bye.